The city of Penticton has been recycling door-to-door for many years. So, how are we doing? The city hired recycling ambassadors this summer to answer that question. The stats are in and, well, we could be doing better. What should you put in your recycling bin? What shouldn't you? And where does it all go? And what does it mean to the bottom line when we don't get it right? We will take a closer look at Penticton's recycling program and whether or not Penticton has a bad rap. Today on Pentocton. Hello Penticton and welcome to Pentocton, a podcast from the city of Penticton discussing some of the hot topics in our community. My name is Dale Corey, a longtime resident, a serious V's hockey and speedway racing fan, and your host. I get involved, I know many of you do as well, we do it to help shape our city. This episode will explore the city's recycling program. Our goal is to help residents understand the importance of recycling properly and the cost to taxpayers and the environment if they do not. We have three guests with us today. First, David Cassian, Community Sustainability Coordinator with the City of Penticton. David, welcome. Hey Dale, thanks for having us on today. Also with us, two City of Penticton summer students, Recycling Ambassadors, Braley Collison and Alicia Nightingale. Braley is a psychology student at UBCO. Alicia is studying environmental engineering at UNBC and UBC. Braley, Alicia, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. David, to begin with, explain your role with the department. Maybe give us a bit more detail. What does a community sustainability coordinator do? Yeah, thanks, Dale. So I've got two kind of primary functions as a sustainability coordinator. One, I oversee our waste collection program, which includes garbage, recycling, and yard waste collection. I also provide technical expertise to our biosolids compost site. And then I do climate action on the other side of my desk. So greenhouse gas and energy use reductions. Okay. So give us a bit of an overview of the collection department. How many employees? Um, how does it all work? Yeah, sure. So seasonally, we have three employees at the city. We've got myself and the recycling ambassadors. A lot of the heavy lifting is done by Waste Connections of Canada. They're our collection contractor. And they've got about four different drivers and trucks uh, on the route each given day in Penticton. Now, we'll get more from Alicia and Braley in a minute. But first, David, I, I want to ask you about the summer students. Why bring them in? Uh, summer students, recycling ambassadors. What, uh, what was the uh, desire behind this? Why was it important? Yeah, that's a great question. So we always like to give the opportunity to um, to students to come work for the city and maybe learn a new skill set and uh, add something to their CV. The other thing is we really need boots on the ground to help us understand what people are putting in their recycling and their yard waste, things that do belong, things that don't. We also like to have a presence at the farmer's market. Um, so each Saturday they're down there conducting uh, education on recycling and various city initiatives as well. And so this is a program we've offered for four years now uh, in the summers. Yeah. Uh, Braley, Alicia, let's bring you into the conversation a bit. Uh, Two of you have been out in the community through the summer. You are the recycling ambassadors. Uh, Braley, I'll start with you. Uh, Give us some detail. What does this job entail? Um, So it's our 10-week summer position. Um, We spend most of our time doing audits of the curbside and multifamily uh, recycling. Um, We just take notes of the different contaminants and things that we find in the recycling and we use that to help structure the public outreach and education that we do yeah alicia uh how are you accomplishing all this give us a sense of of what the day-to-day is like 
Yeah, so day-to-day, in the mornings, we go around using the city's new e-bikes to check people's bins on their curb, as well as uh, dumpster recycling units at apartment buildings. Um, We'd say, so far this summer, we've clocked about 600 kilometers on those new e-bikes, which is very exciting for us, and it's been great riding those around. Uh, we do get lots of questions about how we're liking it. Yeah. Okay. Um, while we're conducting inspections, we also just talk to residents. Um, they often have questions about what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong. Um, and then, as we said, we go to the farmer's market. We've been playing a little recycling game there um, to help test skills, uh, sorting skills of the community. Yeah. How's everybody doing on the test so far? Oh, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, there's still uh, hitting all our kind of common uncertainties that people have um, with our recycling, but everyone learns something when they come to our booth. Okay, so let's get to the heart of this a little bit more. David, let me bring you back in and the do's and don'ts, I guess. Uh, I'll ask you in a minute what we should not put in our recycling bin, but for right now, what can or what should we recycle? So some things that we can recycle are fall into the categories of printed paper and packaging. So for printed paper, some of the common items are newsprint, flyers, magazines, envelopes. And then for packaging, there's two different types. There's metal packaging and plastic packaging. So plastic packaging is things like clamshells that you uh, get your strawberries in. It could also be yogurt containers or margarine containers. And then for metal packaging, we're looking at things like tin cans or aluminum cans. Um, some of just that... the the basics that your soup would come in or your green beans. Yeah. So the other side of it, uh, what should not go into our recycling bin? And I, I'm going to admit to begin with, I know with, with our discussions leading up to the podcast, I uh, I got some knowledge. I learned some things about what I shouldn't be putting in. So give us the details there. What should not go in our recycling bins? Yeah, that's a great question. So we've got kind of two categories of things that don't belong. We've got things that you can recycle elsewhere, and then we've got things that just aren't recyclable. So things that you can recycle at different locations would be the depot items. So things like plastic bags and overwrap, things like other flexible plastic packaging, which is a, a word wordy way of saying um, where the packaging that your coffee grounds comes in or uh, maybe fruit pouches, things like that. Um, then we've got some other items that just simply don't belong. So we've got hard and soft cover books, clothing and textiles, uh, containers that maybe are dirty or still have food in them. Those are some of the things that we find challenging uh, to recycle. So Braley and Alicia, let's get down to some details a little bit more and what's happening on the streets or more appropriately in the back lanes these days. Um, Alicia, uh, how are we doing? What what are you guys seeing uh, uh, when you go around and, and you check out some of the recycling bins of residents in Penticton? Yeah, generally, um, especially speaking to residents, but it comes out in their recycling. They're enthusiastic to recycle and they're trying. There's just some uncertainties. Um, and we see what we call our big three. It's that uh, soft plastic packaging like plastic bags, uh, that styrofoam or other foam packaging um, and the glass containers. Those are our big three items that there's still a lot of confusion about. And one of the things that we're really trying to clear up yeah, I, I know I'm guilty of it. The, the plastic uh, bag that you, that your paper towel or your toilet paper, those kinds of things come in. I've been putting them in my recycling, mm-hmm. so I've learned something through this that uh, they simply cannot go into recycling. 
Why is that, David? Give give us a, a sense of why that is. Sure. So items like plastic bags and overwrap are, are really soft plastics. And the sorting facilities where our accepted recycling goes to are very advanced. They have a lot of conveyor belts. They have air jets. They have laser readers and moving parts. So simply stated that the plastic bags and overwrap get bound up in all that equipment. And oftentimes, um, I've been told that Every four hours, those plants get shut down for about an hour just so they can pull those plastic uh, wrappers and bags out of that moving equipment. But when you bring it to the depot, those materials go to their own facility where they can be recycled uh, appropriately. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Braley, I want to go back to you for a second. Give us a little bit more detail. What what are you finding out? You're opening up uh, the recycling bins. Alicia alluded to it a second ago, but but what are we seeing with, with what is in those bins right now? Um, so as far as our uh, the multifamilies go, um, about 90% of them have some type of soft plastic in them, and then uh, 30% have either glass and or styrofoam, uh, and then about 20% have um, some type of garbage. Uh, and for the curbside, we found um, pretty similar uh, amounts of, of contaminants, uh, about 85% of the... Uh, contaminated bins have soft plastic, um, about 15% have glass, and about uh, 15% also have uh, foam or uh, paper towels and tissues and things like that. Um, Overall, though, I mean, for the curbside, uh, about 50% of the bins that we check have contaminants in them, so that means 50% of people are doing great and even of the things that we do find it's usually only just a few items yeah david do you know overall i mean how how we're doing as a city right now from a recycling standpoint and i don't think it really matters to compare us to other cities or anything like that but how are we doing here in the city of penticton so we're required through our contract with recycle bc to have no more than three percent contamination the way they measure that is they take a random scoop of our recycling they take all the things that uh, are recyclable, they put them to one side and they weigh those and then they weigh the, the items that they find that don't belong. And that's what gives us our contamination rate. Um, so overall, we're doing not bad. We've got some areas to improve. We've never hit the 3%, although I don't know of any communities that have hit the 3% in BC. Some of the things that really get us, especially because it is by weight, is glass, uh, hardcover and softcover books, textiles. Those are some of the things that push us into those higher contamination levels. Okay, um, let's get back to uh, our ambassadors now and, and find out a little bit more detail. Alicia, I'd like to know what you do when you open up a bin, you find a contaminant in, in someone's recycling bin. How, how do you educate them? What, what happens at that point to alert them um, to what they've done so there's an education process? What do you do there? Again, so we have a different approach uh, when it comes to single-family homes, uh, curbside recycling versus that apartment recycling. So um, at those single-family residences, we put a little tag on people's bins with what we found that didn't belong in their recycling. Um, That just serves as a reminder. It's got a few uh, different resources online as well that they can uh, go to. A lot of people mistake it as a ticket. It is not a ticket. We want to make that very clear. Um, then at apartment buildings, we leave an audit notice, um, just reminding them what goes in, what doesn't go in, as well as a bag of things that don't belong that we did find in their bin. Whenever possible, we do stop uh, and talk with people on the streets, um, outside their apartment buildings. And that's also a great way to help spread our message and uh, make sure the education's reaching as far as possible. 
Yeah. Well, Braley, let me ask you a little bit more about that. How, how have you been accepted by residents? The two of you riding around your e-bikes, you're stopping and, and looking into people's recycling. Uh, what are they thinking about that? What, what kind of reaction do you get? Um, initially, people approach us uh, mostly confused as to why someone's looking through their recycling bin. Um, but after we explain uh, that we're working for the city and, and what we're doing and trying to accomplish, uh, they're usually very, uh, they take it very well and they are, ask lots of questions and are usually interested in learning more. If not, um, many people like thank us for the work that we're doing and tell us to be safe out there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're all very, very nice about it. Yeah. Uh, let me get a little personal with both of you and, and you're, you're in the middle of your studies at university. What why did you want this job? A summer job is a summer job, but but I take it there's uh, there's something intriguing for both of you uh, pl- doing this role. So, Braley, let me ask you about it. Why why did you want this summer job? Um, I just personally have a passion for recycling, and I saw the job opportunity, and I thought that it aligned really well with things that I value and things that I like to do. And I thought I already try and do this with the people I know. Um, around me, so it would be nice to be able to like make a bigger impact when it comes to recycling and doing your part. So yeah, uh, Alicia, environmental engineering. So I think uh, it's safe to say that ties in a lot with with parts of what you're doing with this summer job. Why why did you want to uh, tackle this for the summer? Yeah, absolutely. There'd be yeah a few reasons. Of course, it's close to home for me. I live in Summerland, so it's a short commute. And it helps me learn about uh, our recycling programs ourselves because I know I've always had questions. My family always asks me what goes in and what doesn't. So it secures what like, I already know. Um, as well as towards my degree, um, anything environmental, sustainable, that's right up my alley. Um, I'd potentially even be looking into a career in what David's doing. Yeah. So. We're undecided there, but this will help me explore. Yeah, good stuff, uh, David. What's the cost per year to each resident for cycling? What what uh, what goes on to their uh, their tax bill from a recycling standpoint? Sure. So whether you live in a single family home, uh, duplex, or an apartment building, we charge you thirty three dollars a year for uh, biweekly recycle collection. Part of uh, the reason why that cost is so low is we do receive a financial incentive from RecycleBC to send them clean recycling. So we use that uh, that funding to help keep collection costs low, to fund positions like the recycling ambassadors uh, as well as mine. Yeah. Um, now, do those funds, yeah, do they go directly back into the department? Can they cover a lot of costs? Some of those funds go into a reserve, and we use that reserve to, for things like uh, purchasing the carts, recycle carts. Um, and again, like some of it gets circulated back for wages and things too. So some of it is saved for long-term planning and purchases, and then some is spent uh, keeping costs low. What is the long-term plan at this point for for this recycling program? Do you, do you see anything down the road uh, from a, a purchasing standpoint that you're going to have to do to maybe upgrade the system or anything? Yeah, so we always have to purchase more carts. Uh, we lose carts for various reasons. Um, sometimes they're cracked and broken. Sometimes people mistakenly take them when they move. Uh, sometimes they get stolen and grow legs and wander away. So we're always replacing that inventory. Um, other things that we're looking for for that money is um, just to fund innovations. So how can we work better with collection providers down the road to enhance services, maybe utilize equipment with less energy use or greenhouse gas emissions, um, as well as uh, any unforeseen changes that might come down the road for recycling? 
Yeah. How do residents find out more? Do you, do you have an outreach program? You mentioned uh, that the girls are at uh, the farmer's market every Saturday, but say for condo associations or stratas, um, do you go out to them uh, during some of their meetings and maybe explain the recycling program more? Yeah, so actually today, uh, the two recycling ambassadors were at a local strata and they presented to about 20 members of that strata and just common do's and don'ts of recycling. That's a program we're always happy to provide with or without the recycling ambassadors. That's something uh, I'm familiar with as well. Uh, We have a great website, penticton.ca slash recycling. And there you'll find videos. You'll find uh, some embarrassing videos of mine from over the years. You'll find uh, a lot of outreach tools. So uh, things like brochures, examples, signage, uh, common do's and don'ts. So we even have a tool on there called what goes where. So if you were ever, um, you know, unsure of how to recycle, say a paint can, you could punch paint can into the search tool. It'll tell you where to take that locally. Or if it's something that can go into your cart, it'll let you know that as well. Yeah. Okay. What was the meeting like today? Uh, Braley, Alicia, uh, give us a quick sense of, of, of how it went. Maybe some of the things people asked at that strata meeting. Yeah, well, that was a really great uh, community to go into. Um, it really is a community. So everyone is asking questions, hoping to share the knowledge with their neighbors. Um, and they did. They had lots of questions about just little items that they found here and there, things that they've heard through the grapevine about what they think should go in their cycling and shouldn't go in their cycling. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a good setup there. Uh, they have volunteers take their recycling Um that goes to the depot, like their glass bottles, um, milk jugs, that kind of thing, uh, back to the depot for them because a lot of them were seniors and can't get up there by themselves. So we had a member, uh, one of the volunteers, reminding people about, like, please wash your containers. I deal with them. They don't (laughs) smell good after a while, that kind of thing. It was a great atmosphere. Yeah, Braley, is is there something that that is pretty much a common theme when people are are trying to find out more information that, that... that you've seen or you get asked a lot about this summer so far? Um, Most of the questions that we get are about soft plastic um, and why uh, glass isn't allowed and whether or not we're going to have a uh, compost at some point. Um, Those are the the questions that we get the most uh, and I'm always happy to help people tell the difference between the two different soft plastics and uh, yeah, we had a lot of questions like that today on um, the diff- like what counts as a soft plastic uh, and different things like that. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe to wrap up with the two of you, we're, we'll, we'll kind of put you on the spot again. At least I'll start with you. What should not go into recycling? Right, so we remind people of those big three, those soft plastics, anything that you can ball up into your hand really easily, the glass as well as the foam packaging. And then we note, of course, uh, those books that we talked about, items with food or other residue, hazardous items that uh, could seriously injure uh, people or machinery, uh, such as batteries or pressurized containers, Um, items that are in plastic bags or stuffed with in each other that can't be easily sorted. Um, And we always like to remind people to place items loosely in the cart, rinse their containers and flatten boxes so they can get all their recycling into their bin and it can go up to the facility to be sorted. And Burley, from the other side, what what should people be putting in there? Um, Rigid plastic packaging, tin, steel and aluminum containers, printed paper and paper packaging and cardboard. Yeah. David, where does it all go? Where, where, when, when, it, when it leaves my bin here in Penticton, what is the process? Where does it end up? 
Right. So after it goes into the back of the collection truck, uh, they dump it in a big old pile at Waste Connections um, here in Penticton. From there, they load it onto a semi truck and typically it goes down to the lower mainland to be sorted. So from there, um, the materials can go different places. Plastics we recycle uh, on the lower mainland in BC. <clears throat> paper goes, sh- paper is still shipped overseas. Um, because we have such clean recycling and clean paper, it's still accepted for recycling in China. It's one of the only things China actually takes anymore. Styrofoam goes down to Mexico. They uh, they make picture frames and car bumpers out of it. And a lot of the metal goes down to the southern United States where they smelt it into, uh, from what I understand, like very, very long sheets that can be sometimes kilometers long and they get rolled up. I, I was going to finish up by asking you the importance of recycling. I think you just explained it all there. The, the fact that so many of these products that we recycle are going into so many different areas, so many different countries, uh, but being reused in so many ways as well. Maybe just to wrap it up, David, the importance of recycling, the importance of recycling from an environmental standpoint. Yeah, we really want to limit what goes into the landfill that doesn't belong. And we want to make sure that the recycling that we're providing to Recycle BC and to a lot of those end markets is clean and can be safely remade and repurposed into new materials. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anything we can keep out of landfills and the environment and and uh, and kind of limit the amount of new materials we need to remake things like tin cans or paper uh, is all beneficial for the environment. Yeah. Girls, you having fun through the summer here, your summer jobs? Absolutely. I'm seeing parts of the city that I've never seen before, which is exciting and getting to meet lots of friendly faces. Yeah, it's really been great. Okay. Again, our guest today from the City of Penticton, Community Sustainability Coordinator, David Cassian, and summer students and recycling ambassadors, Braley Collison and Alicia Nightingale. To all of you, thanks for the insight into the do's and don'ts of recycling and the important role the recycling program plays in keeping our environment clean. Again, to all three of you, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Dale. Thanks. Thank you. And again, let's all work together toward a community which looks after its own, welcomes others with open arms, and continues to provide us with the best place on earth to live. And of course, please join us next time on Pentocton. I'm Dale Corey. Thanks for listening, everyone.